Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't that. know you were in the but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Daddy Monday. Hey Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks for your time on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey. I'm, uh, you know, we used to catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thanks very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Oh, it is the big broadcast. It is coast to coast. It is bottle to bottle on TuneIn, iTunes, and of course, TalkShoe.com. Find us on our app, JiggyJaguar.com. We're in both the app stores, iPod and Google Play. And of course, iHeartRadio today as well. We have got a fantastic guest coming up here on 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. And, of course, uh, find our podcast each and every day over there at TalkShoe.com. We have been on TalkShoe for decades now. It is one of our... uh, Find, find places you can find this broadcast. You can also find our videos all over YouTube, and you can find us on The Mix on Tuesdays, as well as Talk America Live on the weekends. But before we do that, let's get into our first marketing partner of this hour, and this is fantastic. Great new podcast. It's called The Fat Boy Chronicles. It's on Anchor. Check it out today. The Fat Boy Chronicles. Father, podcaster, son, uncle, all around great dude. Just sharing his views from a black perspective. The Fat Boy Chronicles is available on Anchor.fm. You can make your podcast over there at Anchor.fm. And you can check out the amazing podcast from Fat Boy Chronicles. He's got everything about, he's talking about the documentary Leaving Neverland, the new Medea movies out, Top 5 MCs, and a death row story. He is going to give you all the details. You can go over there and check it out today, anchor.fm slash the Fat Boy dash Chronicles. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash F-A-T-B-O-Y Dash C H R O N I C L E S. It's the Fat Boy Chronicles. Check it out today and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. The Fat Boy Chronicles. Check it out today. Okay, we have to do some. Uh, <laughs> we have to do some. Some moving around, some shaking around here on our big broadcast. Uh, we have we're we're gonna get Dan Perkins, IQ Rizzoli in here, and uh, Dave Workman, our uh, our guest for this hour. But uh, I just got an email from Dan Perkins. He has switched Skype names, 
So we are going to have to go into Skype, re-add him, and get him in here. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna search uh, Skype here. We gotta we're gonna do this. We're gonna take a brief break, and uh, when we come back, we'll get Dan on here. We've got a brand new marketing partner with us today, Transmedia Worldwide. We need your help. Are you a teacher? Do you know a teacher? We need teachers to join the new Teachers Marketplace at iloveteach101.com. And they're calling us constantly here. Teachers, do you have a worksheet or two you can smarten and sell? Teachers, do you have a super activity you could record on your phone and sell? We let you keep 90% of your sales if you sign up as a pro vendor. We give away a significant part of the revenue to teachers in need. We help teachers in need who live in that low economic countries. If you join this month, you can all you have to do is join and earn credits to win. We'll be having a cash bonus each month. Check out I Love to Teach 101.com. That's the letter I L O B E T O. Today's best advertising, there's just one place to go. LEDsigns.com. L-E-D-S-I-G-N-Z. LEDsigns.com. Get you customers guaranteed. Rent a portable LEDsigns.com and it will be delivered to your destination. $33 a day. Acoustic XP12, a concert in your ears. These folks are making things happen in the digital world around us. They are absolutely amazing. It is available on Indiegogo. I'm going to try to get a hold of Dave Workman. Trying to get a hold of Dave Workman on Skype. Dave, how are you, my friend? I am fine. We are. Who's this? This is James Lowe. We had a uh, interview scheduled for around this time, so I'm gonna get our co-hosts in here, and we will get off and running for the interview today, my friend. Um, okay. How long are we going for? Uh, we will probably. I, I'm, I'm thinking my co-hosts are probably going to want to keep you till the bottom of the hour. But you, if if you have other commitments or things that you have to do, you can leave at any time, my friends. So. Oh well, I'm not going to leave in the middle of an interview because <laughs> um, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've had folks. had folks do that. I've had folks do that in the past. So I. It's <laughs> just. <laughs> I. I, I yeah, actually, actually, I didn't have, I didn't have it down for this time. I don't remember what time I had it down for. Okay, well, we've got but, you down uh, for four cents. Because it so. is, it is late here. I'm in Israel. Yes, yes. But, uh, well, uh, but uh, okay. 
We've got IQ Rizzoli, and uh, we have uh, Dan Perkins, uh, I believe, with us on the line. IQ, can you hear me, my friend? Of course, 100%. Now, uh, we've got Dave Workman, uh, or, or we, we, we've got our guest with us here. Um, go ahead and uh, give me an IQ, a brief introduction on yourself, my friend. Uh, talk to us a little about yourself. Who are you talking about? Uh, you, my friend. Get, 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 give us some introductions here so oh. me and IQ can learn okay, about Okay, well, I, I figured you had a bio. I figured a bio was Well, we, 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 tend, we tend to let the guests do their introductions just in case I miss something. Ah, okay, okay. All right, so I'm the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, the founder and, and president of Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, uh, which heals trauma for terror victim children in Israel. And I'm also the author of the new book, which is called Trump and the Jews. Good afternoon. Yes, yes, we've got Dan Perkins with us okay. as well. And um, so, so Dave, um, tell us a little bit about this book, because this, this is an incredible book here, and I know Dan and IQ will want to ask you some questions, but tell us about the book here. Okay, well, well. F- first of all, people call me David. Okay. So uh, perfect, so, David. And uh, yes, yes. So, uh, well, the the book Trump and the Jews was written because I, I, I really was getting tired of all the all of the name calling going on uh, after President Trump was elected. Uh, just. And it's and it's continued up until now, and it's, it's true that President Trump started with a lot of name calling during the campaign, uh, but uh, but during the campaign, you know, it, it was much more uh, playful. And when when he got after after the campaign, after he was elected, then since then, you know, he's he's been called a racist and an anti-Semite and all all kinds of ridiculous labels uh, that that just seemed to me to be far from the truth. And I, I said, look, I, I really have to explore this. I have to investigate. I have to research it. And it turned into a book, uh, which is called Trump and the Jews, which also answers the question of why so many Jews are, are, are reflexively liberals. And I, 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 it, it just troubled me as well, because in Israel... President Trump is very, very popular. Now, IQ, uh, he is uh, our, our guest, uh, David Rubin, calling us from uh, from Israel. Uh, do you have any questions for, for our guest? Yes, yes, David. Why do you think the American Jews are so stupid? And uh, I, don't, stupid. I don't use my words, by the way. 70% of them have been supporters of the Democrat Party. Most Jews for a hundred years have been supporting the Democrat Party. I understand that, maybe up to Donald Trump. But since Donald Trump, I can't see how that is possible. Especially when now the Democrats are surrounding and defending two Muslims and throwing the Jews who supported them under the bus. What do you think? Yeah, well... Uh, you know, I, 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 I love the word stupid, uh, and I, f- I find it kind of amusing, uh, because it, it reminds me of, the, there was a great author, 
uh, who's, who I believe has since passed on, named Sidney Zion, uh, who was a, a big Zionist and a very strongly identified American uh, Jew. And uh, so he once wrote an article in which he said uh, that, you know, how, how is it that in our times we have actually found a way to mass-produce dumb Jews? And, you know, which, of course, is a challenge because Jew, Jewish people, you know, tend to be very smart, very well-educated, uh, very successful. So, so how do we explain this reflexive um, lust after the Democratic Party? And uh, so, so in, in my book, Trump and the Jews, I researched this. And what I found from my research is that well, first of all, the most American Jews came to the United States uh, from Eastern Europe in the early part of the, of, or really the latter part of the 19th century and continuing into the early part of the 20th century. And they, they came to America in poverty. They came and they suffered from a lot of discrimination as well uh, and during those times. Uh, but their the response to the discrimination and the poverty wasn't to complain and it wasn't to have days of rage, as Al Sharpton believes, you know, that everyone should have when, <clears throat> when they're not getting their way. And, uh, but the, what they did was they worked hard, they focused on education and, and uh, in order to get ahead. And, and the, the result of that was, was that today uh, the Jewish community in the United States is, is probably the most successful religious group, professionally and financially, that is. Uh, however, as a result of that, in their, in their ambition to get ahead uh, professionally and financially, uh, they, they left their Judaic heritage behind. Uh, to the extent that about, as you said, about 70% of the American Jewish community uh, is disconnected from its, from its roots, from its biblical roots. And, you know, the Jewish people, more than any other people, should be connected. You know, this, this, this is the people uh, that received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. You know, this is the people that should be connected to their roots. Uh, but... The, the more that they disconnected from their roots, uh, the more that they uh, try to fill the vacuum with with something. And and what what is that something? It's liberalism. It's uh, liberalism came in to fill the vacuum uh, that that the absence of Judaism and and religion left behind. So 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 that's how I explain it, and that, and that really is the truth, uh, because if you look at uh, the the 10 to 20 percent of American Jews that are uh, that would identify as either Orthodox Jews or or strongly um, religiously identified Jews, uh, they they tend to go for the GOP. Correct. By the way, the same thing is happening in in Europe. They have completely and utterly disconnected themselves from Christianity. I mean, what's happening with the burning of the cathedral in France? This is a symptom of future, what's happening. Before, be, besides the cathedral, ten other churches were burned in the last few weeks, all over France. And yet, 
in France, in Germany, in Italy, in Australia, in all of them. The elites are not tying uh, the dots. They are not connecting the dots. It's all Islam. Right. That is it. Yeah, so that, so that is true. That's definitely true. And, uh, that, and, we, and we see that. We see that in Europe, as you said. And and we, we we see it in the in the uh, well see it in the United States. Uh, it hasn't gotten to the extent of uh, avowedly secular Europe, uh, but but it has happened. And 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 yes, we see it in, in the uh, among Christians, but but even more so among <coughs> Jews. And 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 that's the reason why the millennials uh, tend to be. Uh, quite liberal and, and quite left and, and quite ignorant, frankly. Uh, but but the, in Israel, it's actually the opposite. In Israel, the uh, the millennials uh, voted overwhelmingly for Benjamin Netanyahu and and his right wing coalition. The word right wing it upsets me because the left wings are the ones who say it's right wing. There is no such thing as right wing and left wing. We have. As far as I'm concerned, the so-called left wings are the Democrat Party, the Socialist, the Communist Party, and the Nazi Party. Why do I say the Nazi Party? Because the Nazi Party was socialist. The Nazi Party was called the National Socialist German Workers' Party. It's not a right and rightist movement. It's a leftist movement. The communist movement was similar to the Nazis. The only difference between the two, communism was international. While socialist German national was nationalism nationalistic, the but otherwise there are two sides of the coin. Dan, what do you think? Well, I would like to ask um, David a, a, a perhaps a, a different question, but probably in the same general vein. David, I've seen, uh, I've been following and writing about radical Islamic terrorism in the United States. I've written four books on the process. Um, <clears throat> And I've studied it for a number of years, uh, perhaps not as long as IQ has. But but there, there are a couple of things that seem to be obvious to me at the moment. One, um, the Census Bureau now reports that there are no more Muslims in the United States for the first time than there are Jews. Number two, it is clear that the Democratic Party has aligned themselves with the Muslims against the Jews. If we look at our lady friend from Minneapolis who is on a, now on a regular basis uh, uh, an anti-Semite, um, the Democrat leadership, Nancy Pelosi, for example, said yesterday in reaction to another comment that our friend from Minnesota made on Monday, well, I don't believe she's an anti-Semite. So, they are they and clearly the legislation or the referendum that was passed in the House as a result of her anti-Semitic remarks did not include her did not did not uh, uh, punish her did not call her to task she was not even mentioned in the and when you look at it it was more written against uh, uh, anti-Muslim issues than it was about anti-Semitic now. I heard recently, um, again, what I would consider to be disturbing news. 
um, that that a large percentage of the Democratic Party in the United States, not by faction, but it, the person was making the comment that he believed that a large percentage of the Democratic Party was anti-Semite. And uh, this has been a radical shift in the relationship between Jews and Israel uh, over the last few years that has not been there on a historical basis. And I'm curious as to what you think about what I said. Does Do you think it has any merit, and are you concerned about it? Well, unfortunately, it does have merit. And that, that was one topic that I covered in my book, Trump and the Jews, uh, because the, we had the whole issue of Charlottesville, and President Trump was was blasted for saying that there that there were some pretty bad people on both sides mm-hmm. um, and uh, but but the fact is that there were on the on the right you had you had the neo nazis who were who were part of the people who were marching and they were looking to stir up trouble and and on the left side of the spectrum you had the antifa people and the black lives matter people who came and they and they came with helmets and baseball bats and they were looking to make trouble as well right. and and they, they they and and frankly and this I, I i refer to something that iq said a moment ago uh frankly they were almost indistinguishable uh and there's a photo in my book where you see where you see people on two sides of the spectrum uh you know standing there with baseball bats uh attacking each other and and you realize that the violence is on both ends of the spectrum however in our times sadly the democratic party has become the party of anti-semitism the anti-semitism is much greater from the far left of the political spectrum than from the far right. The far right, they're, they're very small in numbers, uh, but but on the far left, it's 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 uh, terrible how it's mushrooming, and it's terrible how someone like Ilhan Omar can make the the statements that she made, and Rashida Tlaib and and uh, and others, and you know AOC, as she's come to be known. Uh, affectionately by the media, uh, they, th- that these individuals would make statements that are that are blatantly anti-Semitic and you know certainly anti-Israel to a great extent. Uh, that they can make all of these statements, and the Democratic leadership is hiding for cover. Uh, they are afraid to speak out against uh, the hatred on the far left. And that, that is what concerns me, uh, more than anything else. Uh, when, when the leadership of the party, which claims to be moderate, uh, cannot speak out against the, 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 the anti-Semitism, that is a serious issue. Ilhan Omar remains on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, when, when there was a similar situation in the GOP several months back, mm-hmm. uh, with Representative Steve King, uh, he was immediately uh, removed of his right to be on any House committees. Uh, but but the, the Democrats haven't done a thing. They really have not done a thing in, in confronting this, uh, this, this uh, evil in their midst. D- David, I want to I pursue that train of, of thought uh, by giving you 
two examples that are asking you for your comments on the two examples. The, there's, the, the, I don't think there were anybody who would question that a significant part of the reason uh, that the Democratic Party has been relatively successful for many, many decades is the financial and intellectual and creative support of the, the Jewish community on both coasts. However, what we've experienced not only in Europe but in the United States over the last two to three decades is a, is a switch from formal religion to secularism, no religion. And I'm wondering uh, if we really have that many Christians and Jews left in the country, that they have all moved to the secular point. If they have not moved to the secular point, how must the Jewish communities in New York and in, in Los Angeles, do they really care that there is this anti-Semitism uh, burgeoning in the Democratic Party? Well, I, I think that uh, there, there is that movement, clearly. Uh, there is that movement away from organized, what they call organized religion. And, uh, and that certainly is, is troublesome. Uh, at the same time, in the Jewish community, one of the most fascinating trends is that while you have about 70% of the Jewish community that is shrinking rapidly in numbers uh, because they're, they're either not getting married or, or they are intermarrying and, you know, marrying uh, non-Jews. But uh, when I say marrying non-Jews, I'm not saying they're, they're getting married to Christians. Uh, they're, they're marrying... Uh, people who who don't have any beliefs at all, uh, basic, basic pagans, and and that that's the trend in the Jewish community. But there's a parallel trend going on, in which you have uh, what 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 was about ten percent, but it's it seems to be growing. Uh, you have the Orthodox Jewish community, which is very connected to the GOP. And, and they, they, these are the traditional Jews who are very family-based and, and have a lot of children and, and are, are growing leaps and bounds in America. And, we, you, know, uh, you know, Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump fall into that category uh, as, you know, as, as Orthodox Jews. And, and, you know, you can see it. They're, they're a solid family. And a good example for the rest of the Jewish community. Uh, that that's that is the only that is the hope that I have. Uh, that that Jews who have some semblance of connection to their roots will will start to wake up and see what's going on, because ultimately self-preservation is is the most important instinct that people have that humanity has. And, and even even if a lot of Jews are are not connected, really connected to uh, their heritage, uh, they they still identify as Jews. You know, it's a little bit different than Christians. You know, that I, Christians will uh, will say, "Well, I, I became a Christian ten years ago," and you know, and they, you know, in my eyes, they've always been Christians, um, but but they but they haven't. Because Christians define it in terms of belief, Jews define it in terms of ethnicity, 
and that, that you were born a Jew if you come from a Jewish mother. So uh, the, the, so the Jewish community uh, does identify uh, as Jews, even if they say that they don't, that they're not connected to organized religion. They're at the very least uh, cultural Jews, uh, and they, or or and they would say biological Jews that they come from Jewish parents. So uh, when someone says to you, you know that that you are evil or accuses you of you know dual loyalty because. Uh, you you feel connected to Israel, uh, you know, which is a, an anti-Semitic slur uh, that would not be made against any other uh, any other uh, ethnic group in America. Uh, so it, it's obviously anti-Semitic, and and you know, when Nilhan Omer makes those statements, I guarantee you that it makes more than fifty percent of American Jews cringe. I'm sure it had Chuck Schumer cringing and Gerald Nadler and all of those other knee-jerk liberals who happen to be Jewish, uh, they're, they're definitely cringing, and they're shaking in their boots, and, they're, and they don't know how to confront it because they're afraid. David, do you think that this, this, if this anti-Semitism rhetoric continues in the Democratic Party, will it affect the, both the financial contributions and the enthusiasm that Jews will have for the Democratic nominee for president? Well, I, I, I believe that it will with some of them. Uh, and, you know, others are, are, are so so blinded and have their heads in the sand uh, and, and are, aren't going to. Uh, you know, they'll continue to be knee-jerk supporters of the Democratic Party. But, you know, and then you have the flip side, which is, Someone like Sheldon Adelson, uh, you know, who is Jewish and and who is one of the biggest uh, contributors to to the GOP. Um, David, if if you don't mind, I would like to just spend a moment to get your take on the surprising Benjamin Netanyahu election. Um, we, we kind of like saw a replay, in some respects, of what happened with Donald Trump. The polling data. And everything showed it that at least fairly early on, and even up close to the election, that uh, Benjamin may not be reelected. Yet he was handily reelected. What what went right for him, and what what went wrong with the pollsters? Well, the key the key word was right. Uh, the the Israeli public. Uh, Votes votes in, in in this parliamentary system. They vote based on right and left. Uh, they the, the public in Israel, as opposed to the United States, has become increasingly uh, traditional, has become more conservative, and in fact, he was elected overwhelmingly by millennials who were who very strongly supported Netanyahu and supported the right the right. The right of center parties, and so uh, so it was clear the direction that it was going in, and I I, I, I did not doubt for one minute that he was going to be uh, reelected as prime minister, and I, and I, I was saying that all along that you know people were asking me is is Netanyahu going to be reelected? He seems to be in the fight of his life. Uh, so I said he is going to uh, 
possibly lose, but he's definitely going to win. And you know, people say, "Hey, what? You know, what are you talking about?" Uh, but the, the the truth is that in Israel, yeah, we have coalition government, and you vote for a party, uh, and, and the the party that that has the most recommendations from the smaller parties is usually the one that is going to head the coalition. So even if even if the the main left of center party had gotten more votes than than Netanyahu's Likud, he would have still been selected to be the prime minister uh, because there are, there are quite a few right of center parties, parties to the right of Netanyahu that that support him to be the prime minister, and that's what we saw. That's what that's what eventually happened. David, you said now in the last forty minutes or so several times about the, the, the makeup of the people of Israel moving further and further to the right. What, what in your opinion, has caused that? Well, as I, I mentioned earlier, the, peop- the Jews in the United States, uh, they're, they're what, what was found in the research that I did for my book, Trump and the Jews, is that the, the American Jews who are strongly identified with their heritage and who who strongly identify with their their uh, their history as as Jews and and are connected and are are, are more conservative. Uh, those are the ones uh, that tend to go for the GOP in the United States. That is, mm-hmm. and in Israel. Uh, Almost all Jews are connected, you know, even, even if they're not religious per se, uh, they are connected very strongly as, as proud Jews. And they, uh, whether they serve in the Israeli army or, or they, uh, they, they're off on the Jewish holidays and, and they, uh, and they, they understand that we are surrounded. We live in a very bad neighborhood here in Israel, and they're, we're surrounded by by Muslim jihadist enemies that want to destroy us. Uh, so, so they they identify very strongly with their with their heritage and with who they are. Mm-hmm. So, so those who are more strongly identified are, are going to uh, are going to tend to be more conservative. It's just the way it is. Would you, uh, I, I want to ask you about Europe in just a minute, European Jews, but, but based on what, you would, what you're saying, we, we would interpret, in the, some of us in the United States would interpret what you said in a, in a, not in a negative sense, but in a different way. We would say that your description is of the tribal nature of some Jews. Well, well. So, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we describe our, um, we we describe our identification as being members of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, actually, Jewish people, uh, you know, if you go back to <clears throat> biblical history, uh, the, the, we actually had twelve tribes. Right. Uh, but. But, but 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 now we talk about being members of the tribe uh, quite colloquially. Okay. Uh, but the, but the uh, but but yes, they're, they're, 
being Jewish is, is not like being Christian or being Muslim or, or being Buddhist. It's a different kind of religion. It's a, Jewish people are a religio nation. And, and if you look at our, at our history, going back to King David and King Solomon and the 1,000 or so years that we were a sovereign nation here in Israel, uh, that we, we, we weren't just a religion, we were a nation. And then, and then, uh, the Romans, about 2,000 years ago, the Romans scattered us around the world, conquered Israel, and renamed the land Palestina, and they, and they, to erase the presence of Israel. Uh, so, so since then, uh, we are, we've, we've been scattered around the world, and, and that's how Judaism kind of became a religion, and just a religion, uh, in places like the United States, but it's actually much more than a religion. It's an ethnic identity, it's a history, and it is a religio nation. Um, do you think that, um, that the, the European Jews are different than what's going on in Israel? Uh, is, is it dramatically different? Well, European Jews are actually quite similar to American Jews, uh, in that they're, they're living in they're living in a country uh, or, or countries uh, that, uh, th- that are increasingly being unfriendly to them. And the, in the United States, you're just talking about the Democrats. Uh, but, but in, in Europe, uh, the, the increase in the Muslim population has made it almost impossible for Jews who, who identify as Jews and, and who could visibly uh, be identified as Jews, they, they're afraid to go into certain areas because they're going to be attacked in the Muslim neighborhoods and some cities in places like France that have become quite Muslim or, or Sweden, paradoxically, that has become very Muslim. Uh, they, Jews are afraid to walk in those areas. They're afraid to go into those areas. And this is only increasing as time goes on. But isn't that true in those areas you're talking about? Isn't that true about a lot of people, not just Jews? Oh, it is true. It is true. Uh, but but if you look at the the bombings uh, that have that have occurred in in Western Europe in in the past decade, uh, the 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 majority have have uh, been targeting Jews. Uh, not all of them, of course. Uh, but uh, but but a great number of them have targeted Jews. You know, they, the the Muslim jihadists have a, have a particular venom for the Jewish people, and and that that venom is is reflected in those attacks. It, it doesn't mean that they don't have a hatred for what they call the infidels, uh, which which you know they refer to as the Christians. You know, there, there are mosques all across the United States and certainly in Europe uh, where, the, where the preachers say, uh, first we're going to get the Saturday people and then the Sunday people. And that, that's what their intention is. David, question. This anti-Semitism, which I have discussed many times with Dan also, 
Anti-Semitism never existed in history. The word anti-Semitism was created by a Jew in the face of Jews in the end of the 19th century. Muslims hate Jews. Those who call anti-Semites hate Jews. Hitler was not an anti-Semite because he always ranted Juden, Juden, Juden. He never spoke about Semites, especially the Arabs are Semitic. Ilhan Omar is Muslim. She hates Jews because of the Quran. Not Ilhan Omar. Yeah, Ilhan Omar. Rashida Tlaib, on the, on the other hand, is an Arab. She's a Semite. She is not anti-Semitic. She hates Jews because they are Jews. And when you read, I've studied Mein Kampf thoroughly. I have a book, I have a chapter which compares the Quran verses with Mein Kampf verses, identical. He, Hitler, loved Quran. He respected Muhammad. He called him a mensch, a mensch in the sense of a strong man. Why? Because he was always on aggression. He was always on war. And this is why the Mufti of Jerusalem went and met with Hitler and Himmler and raised divisions to fight for the Nazis against the Eastern Front. There is no such thing as anti-Semitism. It doesn't exist. Never existed and should not be used anymore in the English language. Ilhan Omar hates Jews because of the Quran. Rashid Atleb hates Jews because of the Quran and because of Islam. You tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, well, uh, let, let me say this. Uh, first of all, I, I agree with everything that you've said, uh, with, with the, the, the one exception, uh, which is that uh, we're, you're basically arguing over semantics, uh, because yes, it's true that, that Hitler and uh, you know, Adolf Eichmann came, came to uh, the Middle East and he came to Jerusalem and he met with the, the Mufti of Jerusalem and he wanted to build concentration camps uh, to, to, uh, to hold Jews and to, and to slaughter them in, in, in Israel, what is now Israel. Uh, so, so, yeah, obviously, uh, the Nazis and, and the uh, Islamic jihadists have a lot in, had a lot in common. Uh, but but the, the, the whole thing about anti-Semitism and, you know, and Jew hatred, uh, yes, if you look at the roots of uh, the, the word anti-Semite, uh, so what you say is true. Uh, the, the the Arabs would be described as Semitic peoples as well. However, in common usage, uh, in common common usage and understanding, anti-Semitism is equal to hatred of Jews. Uh, so, you know, so I, I think that's just it's it's semantics that uh, that that doesn't really have a basis in our current reality. And uh, we're, we're, we're talking, uh, obviously, you know, if we, if we uh, just call it Jew hatred, uh, then, then we'll be on the same page. Thank you. Uh, so I prefer not to get into a, a semantic no, debate. Uh, Rashida Tlaib cannot be an anti-Semite. It's that simple. She is a Semite, so how is she an anti-Semite? I know you said semantics. Oh. Semantics Okay, but you heard, what I, you heard what I just said, that that in common usage today, 
in America and around the world, uh, when someone says an anti-Semite, they're, they're talking about a, a, a Jew hater. So, uh, as I said, for the purposes of our conversation, if you want to just call it Jew haters, uh, then, you know, then I, then I, I think we will find ourselves to be uh, in, in quite a bit of agreement, as, as I, I think we already are. David, Rush Limbaugh said a long time ago that American Jews are liberals first, Democrats second, Jews third. Do you agree with that? Uh, it depends on which American Jews. Uh, mm. un, un, unfor, unfortunately, as, I, as I've explained, uh, a majority of American Jews uh, would be would fall into that category, and uh, and it's very sad. I, I hope it will uh, change over time. And and uh, you know, one of my purposes for writing Trump and the Jews is to wake people up and to 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 really uh, wake up Jewish people as to uh, the. What, what the heritage really is, and and what, and what a great heritage it is, and and if you look at the uh, the relationship between the United States and and the Jewish people first, and then Israel over the years, uh, it, it's it's based in in you know the greatest strengths of both of our countries, uh, the. The, the founding fathers of the United States, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, uh, George Washington, they, 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 were, they were all connected uh, to Israel, to Jewish people. Uh, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Abraham Lincoln, they all spoke about how they would support the return of Israel to its land as a sovereign nation again. Uh, the, so so the, the connection... Uh, with the United States and Israel, it's not based on Obama. It's not based on 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 Bush. It's it's based on uh, values that go way back, all the way back to the founders of the United States, and what President Trump has done, and all to his credit, is that he has strengthened that connection. He has strengthened that relationship with his actions. Uh, so, so anyone who calls him names doesn't know what he is talking about. Mm. Let me, uh, in the time, little bit of time we have left, David, I wanted to ask you um, again, as a student of, of of politics and and all kinds of areas of uh, subsets of that, um, there was a great deal of outcry when Donald Trump decided to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And there were great, there were many forecasts about tremendous violence and unrest that it would create, and that, in fact, uh, that the, the potentially the country would be uh, invaded again. And yet, it didn't happen. There was mild protests at the beginning, but as I understand it, David, there are other countries that are also moving their embassies to. Uh, Jerusalem. Why was it such a sticking point for so many years, in your opinion? Uh, for exactly the reason that you mentioned, the, 
there was there was great pressure from from the various Arab Muslim nations uh, that uh, that the American president should not do that. Uh, that uh, there, there was heavy pressure from the Persian Gulf, from the from those countries. Uh, th- that has changed, uh, even though publicly they spoke out against the move. Uh, they uh, quietly they they understand that this is something that had to be done, and they're more, they're more concerned about Iran than they are about Israel. So uh, so so. The Arab countries didn't come out so strongly against it, mm-hmm. and as far as the as far as the the Islamic terrorists, they they're also they're always going to be uh, attempting acts of terrorism. They've continued to do that, uh, but there has not been any noticeable increase, uh, mainly because they're they're being prevented from carrying out acts of terror by uh, by Israel. Uh, so and the wall. Uh, uh, by Israel and the world. Uh, yes, that, that is true, and that, that, of course, opens up another topic. Right, which we don't have the time for today. I've had, which I've had the, the privilege of speaking about uh, in, on a, a lot of television and radio in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the, the Israeli walls that have, that have been very successful at preventing terrorism. So, um, if if you look at what's going on, um, you you mentioned briefly in just the last moment or so about the the Middle Eastern concern about Iran more so than what's going on with Israel. Um, so you you are supporting the contention that a lot of people have is that Iran is the biggest threat in the Middle East to the Middle East by far. And By far, Iran is the biggest threat. Uh, it is supporting all of the terrorist organizations in the Middle East and around the world. Uh, it's supporting them with, with the billions of dollars in cash that were given to them by Obama and his administration. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so Iran is, yes, uh, even just putting their nuclear ambitions to the side, which obviously is a tremendous threat, uh, but just with their funding of the terrorism, uh, they, they are the greatest threat in the Middle East today. How does that get resolved, David? Well, uh, unfortunately, I think the the ultimate re, uh, resolution of it is military. I would like to think that it could be done otherwise. Uh, there, the, the American sanctions that have been reimposed on Iran are having some effect at weakening the country and weakening the regime in Iran. Uh, but but those, those are only temporary. Uh, they're, they're still moving forward with their nuclear program, and ultimately they're going to have to be stopped militarily. Uh, and I'll point out that uh, even now, Israel has been attacking uh, Syria have, has been attacking Iranian forces in Syria uh, because they're trying to build up a base against Israel from mm-hmm. Syria. So any time they, they look like they may have the power to attack Israel from Syria, Israel attacks them first. And 
you know, we have a principle in Judaism, if, if someone comes to attack you, attack him first. Mm. And that's what we've been doing in, in Syria, uh, attacking the Iranian forces, the Iranian Revolutionary Guards, and the Hezbollah terrorists who are working with them. And, uh, but, but, but yes, yes, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, uh, Dubai, all of those countries recognize that the biggest threat to them comes from Iran, and certainly not from Israel. David, I, I, I follow the international news quite intensely, especially in the Middle East, and um, I am uh, I have written about it, uh, and a lot of people don't understand what I think is the magnitude of what's going on in Iran, um, because we in the United States know very little about Sharia law and the Quran. We don't understand how the Muslims think and function. But we've got a situation where in in the country of Iran, it's a, Shari a Sharia government. And we have, maybe there are non-Muslims, but we have people in Iran who are protesting on a regular basis and sometimes quite vocally against the imams and the ayatollahs who are the government uh, against the religion. And I... I I won't argue the point that there may be military, but I also think there's a possibility uh, of an overthrow of the government by the people, uh, especially because of the sanctions. What I'm reading and seeing is that the, the Iranian people are very upset with the government that they were just getting back to some level of order, and now the sanctions are back, and their life is going to hell in a handbasket. And so... Are you hearing any of that frustration that I've been I'm reading about in in foreign papers? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's it, it is true. Uh, there, there there is a lot of opposition to the to the mullahs in Iran, and uh, we're just going to see how it goes. the The regime in Iran is trying very hard to repress uh, that that rebellion. And, and it's, it's hard to know uh, whether they're going to be successful or not. It's a very closed society, and the media isn't, uh, isn't allowed in, so it's very difficult for, for them to get this information out to us. Uh, but but there, there are a lot of attempts going on to, uh, to uh, encourage that movement, and, uh, well, in, in many ways... Uh, a, a true freedom movement in Iran, if it aligns itself with the West, uh, it could be a very positive thing. Uh, Would but, you? I'm sorry, David. That, that Go ahead, finish. That, that, I'm just saying that remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, because the the so-called freedom movement in Egypt didn't didn't exactly uh, it, w it wasn't exactly a movement of Benjamin Franklin's and Thomas Jefferson's and Martin Luther King's. Uh, it it was a movement towards uh, radical Islam, right? Uh, hopefully, in Iran, where they would be going in the other direction. Do you think that 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 the ultimate decision in Iran will be carried out by Israel or a coalition? Well, I, I, I think that it would probably be carried out by Israel. And, you know, I should point out that Israel has never asked for American troops 
uh, for American boots on the ground in the Middle East. Uh, we haven't asked for it. We don't want it. We can fight our own battles. Uh, but it would be very good to have American uh, passive support and certainly political support uh, for anything that needs to be done. And I believe that we have that with the Trump administration and mm -hmm. uh, most Israelis. And I, I, I could say that I speak for certainly a majority of Israelis uh, who would be very happy for President Trump to win re-election and, and to continue his policy uh, in the Middle East. Mm. Good. Thank you, David. Jim, now, back to you. Uh, now, Dave, uh, David, before we let you go, um, how do we find you online, get your books, everything else? Yes, well, the, the, the best way to get my book is by going on Amazon.com uh, and just uh, type in Trump and the Jews, and you'll, you'll get the book pretty quickly. Uh, and if you want to find out about more about Trump and the Jews or any of my other books uh, that I do, I have written six books, uh, just go to DavidRubinIsrael.com, DavidRubinIsrael.com. And I'll, I'll just add to that, uh, that uh, those people who want to find out about my organization uh, for the terror victim children in Israel uh, should go to the other website, which is David Rubin, excuse me, uh, Shiloh, S-H-I-L-O-H, ShilohIsraelChildren.org. So it's ShilohIsraelChildren.org or DavidRubinIsrael.com. Fantastic. Now, uh, before we wrap up with everybody, um, IQ, how do we get your books, get involved with you, everything else? Just Google my name, Al-Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I. And David, thank you for coming on. Yes, yes, thank it's you, David. It's been a pleasure, been a pleasure. I've enjoyed talking to both of you. Now, uh, Dan Perkins, before we let you go, I know that you've got a lot of things going on with the nonprofit and everything else. Bring us up to speed on everything. Actually, I'm going up tomorrow to uh, the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs, which has... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.